What's going on, ladies and gents? I'm Victor Ortiz, the WBC welterweight champion of the world. I'm gonna do it again. Don't forget that. But uh, man, I'm just trying to give a shout out to uh, all the podcast listeners. Um, by Flipside Sports podcast. So man, just a big hug, and I hope you guys are awesome. God bless you. We talking about practice, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Flip Side Podcast. We are back with our Cover 3 segment. This is week 14, coming down the home stretch. Um, we'll probably switch it to something like Cover 2 for the playoffs, because finding three games each. Wait, we're not running a zero blitz like uh, Greg Williams? No, no. We're going to really, you know, the a good a good theory to live by in your life is if Greg Williams does it, don't do it. So... <laughs> Um, like don't, don't pay players to hurt other players and then dye your hair and hope the world forgets. Um, just don't wear a visor. Second of all, um, and don't, don't be friends with Adam Gates. So, um, yeah, we got, uh, we're going to do these next four weeks. Then we'll do something for the playoffs as the games narrow down. We'll probably narrow down our picks, but, uh, yeah, uh, 46 and 32. We are close to the magic number, as we discussed. Uh, we, we're picking 100 ga- 102 games in the regular season, uh, six apiece. And so 51 is the magic number. We are 46 and 32 right now. That is nearly 60%. Um, if you were playing, if you did this for a living in Vegas, uh, you could get a lot, a lot, a lot of yachts with that kind of success over, over the years. So, um, we're going to kick it off. We've got Tyler Hayward from trouble with the snap here. Uh, I know he's been busy because the big 10 has been busy, um, catering to their golden child. Um, and most, most importantly, punishing the petulant children that are the Michigan Wolverines. Um, but how's things going in uh, big 10 country over there? Uh, man, it's pretty busy, you know. Uh, one minute you're starting to wonder if uh, Indiana or Ohio State's going to represent the Big Ten East. The next minute it's not Ohio State because uh, Michigan waved the white flag, as uh, Kirk Herbstreit mentioned. And then, uh, you know, so then Throw Indiana, the they are, yeah, and then Indiana, um, you know, they have COVID cases and they're backing out of the battle for the old old bucket. And if Indiana backed out, then that ultimately means the Big Ten East is going to be decided if uh, they didn't make the amendment for Ohio State, which I don't blame them for doing. Uh, you know, the Big Ten East would have been decided by <laughs> Saturday's game between Michigan State and Penn State. Yeah. And the winner of that game would be representing the Big Ten East. And, yeah, I mean, either one of them is going to have three wins. And so it, it, 
it would have been interesting. We were bouncing around with that. Uh, the Hauser Bowl, uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge, uh, that got canceled as Virginia had. I think the number was just one that I read, and they backed out of the game against Michigan State. Uh, you know, and then Michigan uh, basketball, they were able to replace North Carolina State with Toledo. But other than that, I mean, too much is getting canceled, so that's what we've been talking about. We've not been really covered, not yeah. been uh, able to cover too many games, but yeah. it is what it is. And, and on cue, you know, you you always look for this time of year, especially usually sometimes in March, you see a Coach K team get decimated and make an excuse. Um, he gets destroyed by the, the fighting Illini last night. And instead of focusing on his terrible, terrible coaching performance, he decides to go on a rant about how we shouldn't be playing in a pandemic. When Illinois had a positive case, Duke didn't, and you got your ass kicked. Um, and, well, yeah, and that, that's just the situation. There's no shame in losing Illinois and Michigan State this year. Right. Illinois, I mean, they're they're not deep, but they're, they're, they're front. They're, they're top-level guys are as good as they get. Yep, absolutely. Um, so let's kick it off. You, you, you kick it off. We've, we've been on a bit of a roll lately. Um, and it's just the format of the show. So go ahead with your third pick. All right, my third pick. I've got Carolina minus three and a half against Denver. Um, I think Carolina's just really efficient with the football. CMC is going to be back. Uh, we've not seen too many games ultimately with uh, Teddy Two Gloves and Christian McCaffrey. We haven't. And so there's probably still some things in the playbook that uh, haven't been opened up yet. I think that's going to play a little bit of a factor. I just don't. And while Denver's really uh, efficient at running the ball, like uh, we talked about prior to the show, so we were setting this up, uh, I don't trust Drew Locke when it is time to make the plays. Um, he's solid. He's not great. And uh, Carolina's secondary isn't bad, but I think that uh, Carolina's going to do enough things. They don't. It's not going to be Mike Davis, so there's. it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. They're going to hold on to that ball a little bit longer if they don't score touchdowns. And uh, I think it's just something that – bodes well for uh the panthers um especially minus three and a half yeah and uh you know speaking of that Panthers secondary uh if if you're a betting person which if you're listening to the show you are and you can find odds anything over uh 10 to 1 for jeremy chin to win defensive rookie of the year i'd play it um that kid that kid is the they're they're kind of a weak secondary personnel wise but that kid at safety is is going to be a star and he kind of came out of nowhere, and he's—I mean, he's—he's every—he—he kind of reminds me of Minka Fitzpatrick, like he's just a playmaker. And uh, ball finds him. Yeah, the ball finds him. That's for sure. I mean, if it's a tip, it's his. If it's a jump route, it's his. He forces fumbles in the backfield. Like he's—he's he's a ball player, and they got—they got a steal there. Um, yeah, and I—I I saw earlier this week that, um. I don't know if you looked into this. I think I think they'll be cleared, but Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore were both on the COVID list earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, and I mean, here's the thing: is even if they're not, you know, they still have a good receiver Anderson. Yeah, and uh, you know, he's better than just the deep threat that he was in New York. And uh, you know, regardless, you have at least one really good receiver still on top of the fact 
you get Christian McCaffrey back, you can slot him out and play Mike Davis at running back. You know, you do a lot of different things with that offense. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think they're fine. I think um, I think Denver Denver knows they don't have a whole lot to play for, and um, like you said, I think uh, I I trust Joe Brady with everything, especially being able to open up the playbook more with McCaffrey back. So, um, so I'm gonna go with my third pick. Uh, this is going to be an unpopular pick here. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles plus seven at home against New Orleans. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but we've seen it before. Philadelphia is all over the news with benching, benching, Carson, benching, Carson, benching Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts. Um, I think this team's going to be energized. I, I don't think it's the right move long term, but that's just me. As you know, I'm a... I'm a Carson Wentz guy, and I think that uh, the pieces around him haven't been there. And it, I, I, I hate Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is, is Matt Nagy to me. Like he's, he's a guy that is, is very egotistical and will not take the blame for, for any wrongdoings in his offense. And so now, you know, you can you can feel the heat coming down on him for his job. And it seems like he's going to Jalen Hurts to say, "Hey, that was the problem." And I don't think it was, but I do think that this team's going to respond to a change and also it gives you somebody that can move around a little bit more than Wentz's uh banged up knees can when your offensive line's not protecting anybody but uh Miles Sanders has been effective again and um New Orleans if they have one weak spot is stopping running backs that catch passes out of the backfield and I expect uh I expect Jalen Hurts to do a lot of that in his first ever start is to check down I think Miles Sanders is going to be a real a real uh, weapon here and um, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill's mobile. Uh, I like what he's doing, but uh, they're base, they're basing, they're running the ball quite a bit more. And if uh, Philly can do anything, it's stop the run. So I like Philadelphia. I like him at home. I don't love the Saints on the road in the cold any any time. So that's where I'm going in my third pick. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Saints thing on the uh, in the cold. I think that changes a little bit with Taysom Hill as opposed to Drew Brees, uh, just because of the style of quarterback they are um and i also think that look i I mean i told you my uh when tua got his first start you know i told you my thoughts on rookie quarterbacks you know what not betting when they get pulled in right away it could go either way Uh, it could be phenomenal because there's not tape on him or he could just not be ready yet um so this is one that i try to stay away from uh i think that it's it's really weird you know you said that new orleans defense they have uh, trouble stopping run backs that can catch the ball. You go against one every day in practice. Yeah. I'm like, why are you not ready for this? And, that, one, uh, that one's really good. Well, yeah, exactly. He's better than the ones that they go against on Sundays. But that's uh, one of those things that I think they're still aggressive enough. I think uh, Philly's still kind of banged up on the offensive line. I think it's a situation that when you got a rookie quarterback out there, you know, it just doesn't bode well off. You know, I, I would steer clear. I might even take New Orleans in this one. Yeah, the uh, the reason New Orleans isn't good at it, I mean, I'm sure they I'm sure they practice against it, but they they run the more more traditional style, like we had just talked about with linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds and Devin Bush. They don't they don't do that. They like the the run stuffers and the the rushers. So, um, yeah. but yeah, go ahead with your uh, second pick. Second pick, I got Kansas City minus seven against Miami. Mm. Um, look, uh, Kansas City's won all their games close, and I'm well aware of that. I'm well aware they've not touched that spread. 
Um, I've hyped up Miami's defense as much as anybody, uh, no name part two. I think that uh, it's a it should be a really competitive game. What I don't like is the fact that Miami is playing a rookie quarterback. He's been very efficient. He's been good with the ball. He's not turned it over a lot. Um, but he's still not. He still has issues. Obviously, uh, we saw that when he got benched. Um, and you also throw in the fact that Kansas City's defense, or as being as overrated, you know, I called them underrated earlier in the year. Now I'm calling them overrated. Um, I think people are starting to figure things out about them. But at the same time, they're still really aggressive, and they force a lot of turnovers. Yeah. And so I think they're going to get Tua to slip up a couple times. Um, we know what their offense can do. Uh, it doesn't matter who they're going against. Could be Miami. Uh, could be the 85 Bears. So I think that this is a situation that, you know, it, seven was kind of high. and I was hesitant to take it, but I think, uh, I think Tua's prone to have a mistake-filled game. You know, he hasn't had one yet. In regards to actual turnovers, he's had you know poor play, but he's not had uh, the turnovers. I think he uh, coughs it up a couple times, and I think uh, Kansas City is able to get a, a couple of uh, close field situations for their dynamic offense. Yeah, the thing you know, you mentioned Miami being a no-name defense, and I've heard that I've heard that a couple times. But when you look at when you look at their secondary, those are names. Oh, absolutely. Up front, they don't have any, but um, Bobby Jones and uh, uh, the kid, the kid, the Cowboys, uh, Byron, what's his name? Byron Jones, and um, obviously Xavier Howard, who could sneak into the defensive player of the year category, are as good a secondary as any. And somehow, I don't, I don't know who they have up front, but they're getting to the quarterback. And the thing that they do is basic, basic winning football is they get to the quarterback and they don't let you get to theirs. And um, I, I like this Dolphins defense. Like you said, I, I don't know how, I mean, the way to beat Kansas city, we've, we've realized, I mean, Josh Jacobs was a bit of an anomaly, but those were, there were deep shots that beat him. And uh, Miami doesn't really do that. They have Devonte Parker. Who's not exactly a burner. He's a possession guy. Um, they've got a couple gadget players. Uh, they lost Preston Williams, but they've got Grant and a couple couple of those guys that can they can get tricky with in their in their offense. But their running games lacked. Um, but I, I just I love this defense. I think this is going to be a fairly low scoring game, especially for Kansas City. But I think I'm with you. The thing that I love though is how hard these Dolphins play for Flores. Uh, they did it last year when they had nothing to play for, and they're doing it again this year. And they seem pretty talented. I think uh, I think they're still a year away from being able to win or compete in a game like this, but um, they're definitely getting closer. Yeah. My my second pick, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts minus two and a half at the Raiders. Um, I'm expecting this line to move. I'm not, I'm not really sure which way, but I don't think this one's going to stick. I think people are pretty confused by the Raiders. Um, they, you know, I, I wouldn't pick against a team that got embarrassed uh, on television and publicly like like the Raiders almost did if if the Jets didn't out embarrass them. Um, they almost lost the Jets last week on a terrible play call by Greg Williams. 
Um, and usually, you know, a team coming off an embarrassing loss like that, a talented team you don't pick against because they come back with a vengeance. But that was their vengeance game. Like, they just came off a near 40-point loss to the Falcons. And you would think that they would have bounced back there. They didn't bounce back there. I don't think they bounce back here. I think that I think the Colts roll them. I think the Raiders might be unraveling, especially if Josh Jacobs is a no-go. Um, and the Colts look really good. Their defense is good. And don't look now, but Phillip Rivers is putting up some numbers. Yeah, and he's doing it with, you know, very little T.Y. Hilton. And that that's yeah. kind of what every – that's who everyone kind of expected would take off uh, with the addition of him and, uh, you know, when they uh, stabilize their offense a little bit more and stuff like that. But that was – yeah, I mean, that's been an absolute shock to me uh, how he's been good and he's he's been a little more efficient, you know, than he's been, uh, you know, even earlier in the season. I think it's a uh, – Good situation. Then, uh, you know, you talk about the Raiders. John Gruden said in his uh, press conference he doesn't expect Jacobs to be back. So that hurts, uh, just given his consistency. So, uh, Booker's a good running back, but he's not Jacobs. Uh, there's a reason Jacobs plays as much as he does with Booker lined up behind him. Um, and then you – know, you know, Darren Waller becomes the primary offense, and we saw that with his 200 yards and two TT game that he put up last week. And he's going to be marked by, you know, uh, Darius Leonard and Kari Willis. And I know Kari's not that big of a name, but, you know, I'm a Michigan State guy. I know how he can cover. He is a great coverage, strong safety in the NFL. And I think uh, – the combination of those two guys can uh, contain Darren Waller a little bit. Uh, you're not going to stop a guy like that, but you can definitely slow him down. And uh, when he becomes the focal point and it's not Jacobs, it's not Jacobs and Waller, it's just Darren Waller, you know, you know where you can uh, set your eyes a little bit more. And I just think that that's a situation that really bodes well for, bodes well for the Colts. Yeah. Kari Willis is built to cover a player like Darren Waller. Waller's fast. Kari Willis isn't the fastest safety, but he uh, he's got the size and the physicality. He's not he's not here, to here's, cover Henry Ruggs. And here's the thing too is like he's not the fa- he's not a fast safety at all, but his closing speed is next level. And when that ball is in the air, all you know it almost looks like you're just watching a complete burner back there. It's unbelievable his the difference between his regular speed and his closing speed. It looks like Ed Reed. I'm not going to go that far, but I mean, his closing speed. I'm not saying his instincts, and not as instincts a whole. Instincts are close. Instincts are instincts are close. He's a smart football player, but yeah, I I mean, if anybody, if there's going to be that one upset matchup over the weekend, you know, I'm taking Kari against Darren Waller. You know, it's not even just the game, and so I feel like the combination of that, no Jacobs, I think it's enough to slow down uh, the Raiders. I think the Colts get this one. Yep. Easy. All right. Why don't you give us your lock? My lock is Tampa Bay minus six and a half against Minnesota. Um, Ditto. Ditto. Loved, uh, you know, I just, I loved my Spartans. You know know that. I was just talking about Gary Willis. But Cousins is a, uh, Cousins is due for a bad game. I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. Minnesota's offensive line is still among one of the worst in pass protection. Um, I think 
I think Minnesota's going to face a lot more long yardage second and third down situations um, because Tampa's rush defense is so good, their defense in general is so good. And so you're trying to get those uh, deeper plays. The deeper plays means the offensive line has to hold a little more. I don't think the offensive line can hold uh, – you know what? They couldn't hold my daughter who's a year old. Um <laughs> I mean, they're not good pass protection. Riley Reef is still a starter in Minnesota for whatever reason on Kirk Cousins' backside, and Riley Reef wasn't good enough to cut it in Detroit. You know, that's right. how bad this offensive line is. Uh, the defense obviously just completely sucks. And Tom Bra- uh, Ronald Jones says, uh, you know, he proved me right and you wrong in regards that he's going to be the number one back. Um, he's played really well as of late, uh, and obviously, you know, Tampa's got weapons for days and Minnesota has issues stopping one weapon in a Devontae Adams type person. So I think that this is a, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a six and a half point game. Uh, Cousins, um, as good as he's played lately, as well as he's played, he is still turnover prone at times when he's trying to be the hero and he's not going to have a choice. He has to be the hero, and so he's going to try to make some plays. And they're—I don't think they're going to go his way. Yeah, and this, like, like you said, this is this is everything that everything that Minnesota does well. The only thing Minnesota does well is run the ball consistently with Dalvin Cook, and that is playing right into the arms of Tampa Bay. Um, they their their run defense is through through this point in the season one of the best we've ever seen. They've given up like 850 yards or something. That's that's insane. They've given up 100 yards, I think, I think once to a team, maybe twice. But they gave up like 101 once, I think, as a as a team, and that was against uh, a running quarterback. So, um, this this team stops the run. Their pass defense is good, but more importantly, Minnesota's secondary is terrible, and. Uh, Harrison Smith's good, but there are way too many weapons and way too smart a quarterback on the other side for for that to that to work out well for Minnesota. You've got you've got um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown, who's been surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, with a really really young secondary, and then you throw in someone like Gronk, and when Fournette's in, he can catch passes out of the backfield. It's it's not lining up well for nope. for Minnesota. So yeah, I I wanted this game too. So I'm definitely on the same side. Um, my lock, one of my backup games, I'm making my lock. Uh, I'm going with the Chicago Bears plus one at home against Houston. The at home is very very important here. Like you said, um, home field hasn't really mattered much. I I tend to think that. Um, handicappers and bookmakers put a little bit too much into home field advantage anyway. They say it's somewhere between two and a half and three and a half point advantage. I mean, the numbers tend to point to that over history, but it's it's really lopsided towards a few teams. I mean, um, Seattle and Kansas City have massive home field advantages, and uh, teams like Green Bay and the Chicago Bears have massive home – and Buffalo and New England – have massive home field advantages later in the year as it gets colder, Pittsburgh, teams like that. Um, and this is one of those. Uh, Houston doesn't doesn't play in the cold often. They don't they don't make this trip. 
Deshaun Watson doesn't play in the cold often. Um, this this Bears team is better with Mitch Trubisky. I know mm-hmm. people hate to hear it. They just are. And they're good at getting the quarterback. I know Deshaun Watson can be a magician. But, you know, the suspensions of their field stretcher and Will Fuller and one of their better cover guys and Bradley Roby causes problems. Uh, I personally think that the most underrated receiver in the National Football League is Allen Robinson. And uh, <laughs> Trubisky seems to think so, too, because he throws to him all the time. Um, I think I think the Bears win this one. I think the Bears win this one pretty easily. And, uh, I mean, you, you talk about all that stuff. And Houston can't stop the run. You know, you didn't even talk about that. David Montgomery, right. you know, well, he's not great. And I'm going to attribute a majority of that to play calling and how they try to use him. Um, you know, he, he can tread you if he needs to. Um, you know, it's not it's nothing sexy. Yeah. It's straightforward. It could be three yards in a cloud of dust, but he can take that beating and he can uh, move the pile. And I in the combination of everything, it lines up well with Chicago. I don't know if I would take this game just because, well, uh, it's yeah, the- just because it's Chicago. I don't trust their coaching. Um, I didn't trust it against Detroit. And it cost them against Detroit. Uh, they ended up choking one away. I think that uh, it's like that's the only reason I'm not taking it. And then you throw in the fact that, in addition to uh, you know what Detroit was working with, because they were playing without Kenny Galladay, Houston's playing without Will Fuller. You know, uh, Deshaun Watson can make things work too, in, in a way that uh, Matthew Stafford can. And so I think I think the combination of everything. It's, I, I see why you're, I see why you're taking it. I'm, you know, this is one I won't touch, but I see why you're doing it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, overall, I liked, uh, I liked a lot of lines this week, which doesn't bode well. Usually I also, I also like San Francisco mm-hmm. to bounce back against Washington. And I, and I liked Baltimore, even though they're on short rest at Cleveland, um, I just think that 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 uh, if if you want some bonus bets, I like uh, I like Baltimore because I think their defense is a lot better than Baker Mayfield, and that's all <laughs> there's to it. Baker might not even get the ball though. But you're right. Um, but yeah, so that's that's our picks this week. Make sure you uh, continue to support, like, share, subscribe, whatever whatever platform, whatever that button says on whatever platform you use, click it, and. Um, we appreciate the support and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, f- we'll figure out something to do once football gets, uh, gets over with. But for now, we're going to, we're going to keep rolling and keep making you money. So again, big thanks to Tyler Hayward trouble with the snap. Make sure you tune in. Um, the, the big 10 landscape has been an absolute shit show. So make sure you tune into that to stay ahead of it. And um, we'll see you guys next week. Best of luck.